Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. On today's show, I welcome Paul Eisenberg of Bringing Hope Home. Paul shares his story of his wife's battle with cancer and how one small fundraising event was the catalyst for the nonprofit organization, Bringing Hope Home, that he currently runs and how they've raised over five and a half million dollars to help families who are experiencing cancer. What I found so intriguing about Paul's story is that one person can really impact thousands of people when they're on a mission and they're determined. So before we dive into the interview, if you've been asking yourself what's next in your business, whether it's where's my next client or what's next for me to scale to, I'd love for you to check out the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. This is the place that if you've got a really big goal this year and you want the training, community, accountability, and support to make it all happen, you can find it here. Check it out at thetribeofleaders.com. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Well, thank you so much for being on the Tribe of Leaders podcast. Super excited to have you here. Share with everybody a little bit about your journey and how you started bringing hope home. It's such an incredible and impactful story. And as we were talking before we started recording, one of the things that I'm most curious about is is the journey of recreating this, this nonprofit organization that makes such an impact for families. So introduce yourself and let everybody know, you know, who you are, et cetera. Super. Yeah. So thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. My name is Paul Eisenberg and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bringing Hope Home. We're a nonprofit in uh, suburban Philadelphia. And what we do is we provide emotional and financial support to local families with cancer. We're in our 11th year. We've helped get ready to help probably, probably help 6,000 families total by the end of the year since we started. We, my journey started back probably in 1983. I was walking to class at Westchester University, walked by uh, the bus stop and there was a young woman talking with a girl that I know on my, on my dorm floor. And I said to this girl, would you introduce me to this beautiful late girl? And my friend told me no. (laughs) (laughs) And here it was Nicole who eventually became my wife. She was a student. We were students at the same time. She had a boyfriend, so she was not interested. She was completely underwhelmed by me. Uh, But it took me four years to get a date. I got a date actually got a date because I got a job working in the restaurant she was working in because my buddy's dad owned it and right, I got so a job persistent. bartender. I am persistent. Some that it, Back when I was in college in the eighties, it was persistent. Now it's like stalkerish. So, uh, but she married, we got married in 91. Christopher was born in 1995. She became pregnant with Gabby and during her pregnancy with Gabby, she wasn't feeling good. Wasn't gaining weight. was really struggling. Uh, she was a stay at home mom. Thank goodness. And she went to the doctor eventually and they found this big mass in her chest Mm -hmm. and she was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's disease while she was in her eighth or ninth month of pregnancy. And Gabby was born January of 1997. 
Nicole went right into treatment within a couple of weeks and went through six and a half years of really tough treatment for non hot first for stage four Hodgkin's disease. She was treated for four plus years at Penn, had a bone marrow transplant, two plus years at NIH, had a bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. And then she passed August 2nd of both three. And during her illness, she was so strong and so tough. And we had so much support. We had, you know, family move in with us. I had a good job. So we had, we had flexibility. We had great insurance. We had support from friends and neighborhood and church and everything. And it was still really, really hard. And Nicole would meet people at treatments and they had nobody. They were losing their job. They were trying to figure out which to pay for heat or food. They were just in a bad way. And I used to say to Nicole when she was going through treatment, the kids were little, I'm like, you know, I see, I don't, I just saw Emmy today. I don't see her. She's such a great guy. I call everybody great guys. And, you know, she said, well, why don't you stop complaining and go do an event and raise money for charity and just invite people you like. So the great guy dinner was born in 01. We just invited who we liked. We, we got some people to come speak, some of the local Philadelphia coaches. Mm-hmm. And we raised money for the first eight years for the American Cancer Society. And without trying to, we kind of figured out how to raise money. And my co-founder, Tim Sherry, and I have always been in corporate sales. So we our, our network was owners, senior level people at companies. And they knew of our situation. So we started raising money. And then between year seven and eight of doing a great guy dinner, which is still going on, by the way, one of our really great guys passed away and left a wife and young children. Wow. And we had heard through the grapevine that they were struggling. So we went to one of our sponsors and said, because we weren't even an organization. Right. But all of the checks went to the American Cancer Society. So we went to one of our sponsors and said, this year, instead of writing them a $5,000 check to the ACS, write them a $3,000 check and we'll give the two cash together to this family. And then Timmy and I did that. And we literally looked at each other, like had an epiphany moment saying, I don't know of a lot of organizations that do this. Now there are some that do it. I don't think there's anybody that does it the way we do it, but you never know. But we said, we just want to help families because there's a lot of research money. There's a lot of money out there for research. And I'm a big proponent of that because so much has so many families have been helped because of research, but there's a lot of families out there. If you get diagnosed with cancer, you're out of pocket. Even with healthcare coverage can be 10, 20, 30 grand. So what we do is we pay rent, mortgage, utility, car payment, food, whatever else they need up between one to $2,000, depending on our time of year, our fundraising. And then we also help them if they have a project such as any plumbing work done or car repair done, we try to cut deals with people to get it, maybe not for nothing, but maybe for really affordable. And then we do different things. Like in June, we're going to have a Phillies family reunion where all the families that we help can come when they get a couple tickets, they get lunch and they get to go watch a Phillies game in a t-shirt. We have backpack program back to school time where Office Depot and some other companies fill the backpacks that are donated and we get them to the social workers for the families. We do an adopt a family program at Christmas and it's just become a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you said, we were talking before, how did we go from being a, a nice charity to being a business? And yeah. I will tell you that when we started, I remember having a conversation with Timmy, the other co-founder saying, you know, let's do this dinner. We're not going to be an organization. 
We're not going to have payroll. We're not going to have fiduciary responsibility. We're not going to have bills. We'll just do it through another chip. Yeah. Now we're, we are all that. And it's crazy. Cause I, I, and I didn't think this would ever happen. And at one of the first great guy dinners, I went back to work the next day and a buddy of mine came in. He's like, man, that was a great dinner. He goes, you know, this is going to be a thing. I go, I don't know, man, you know, we're just having nice people get together. And well, and then we added, then we decided to be our own charity so we could help people. And then we added a golf outing and then we added a 5k and then we added this and that. And now we went year one, we were 125,000 in revenue in 2008 and helped 10 families. This year we'll be 2.3 million and help 826 families. That's amazing. It's amazing. Right. And I will, I tell people all the time, it's more in spite of me than because of me, I have a great team. Right. And, you know, we became serious about it probably in year three or four. Okay. We started looking at it and going, man, there's the, and it's all driven by the need, right? Right. So we, we started looking at what was out there. And, you know, once people start hearing about you and you get going and there, there's so much need. And right. like I got a text yesterday from somebody I don't even know who said, we have a mutual friend who gave me your number. I want to refer somebody who needs help. Now, all the referrals come from us, some social worker at the hospital. Okay. And they have to be in active treatment and be in our area. Okay. But other than that, it's pretty straightforward. But we get calls from all over the country. We get calls from people that aren't suffering from cancer, but have something else. And I think that what's helped us is not only the need and the fact that almost everybody knows somebody with cancer, but if people have gone through a cancer treatment like Nicole went through, they know how hard it is. And we're able to take that money and in a very short period of time, the money that we get donated gets usually within a month gets put out to the families that need it. Mm-hmm. And we don't give the family money. We actually write the checks directly to the bills. Okay. So part of the process is social worker nominates them. We reach out to the family. We have the ability to talk to them, sign a HIPAA release form. Right. And we'll say, what do you need? And they tell us, oh, you know what? I'm three months late on my rent. So we'll call the landlord and say, and by the way, not we, me. We have our family team, Amy and Judy, who are amazing. They'll call the landlord and say, look, we know they're two months behind. If we give you three months right away, we give us a fourth month for, for you know additional. Right. So we're able to do that. We're on the phone a lot. We talk to our families and they're not patients to us. They're our families. They're right. ours. They belong to us. We treat them like that. So so I really just want a long-winded answer. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, it's more of a direct connection for you. Like it really yeah. is. It's not just, you know, here's some cash and hope you're, you're okay. It's really about creating almost a safety net for these families and bringing them into your fold and caring for them. Yeah. And, and we call ourselves hope nation. So uh, we trademarked that about a year ago and okay. we want to do, we want everyone to be part of hope nation. Yeah. We want you to be part of hope nation. We want our donors, our sponsors, our families. We have volunteers that come in. They're all part of hope nation. And that's really important to us. And we always tell people you're helping somebody you might never meet, or you might be helping your neighbor and you don't know. Right. And that's a big deal to us. And it's amazing to me. I think your son just came down with a cup of coffee. He did. He's trying to reheat it. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. It's like, but we, um, you know, we have like today, I got an email from 
a woman whose husband's ill uh-huh. and she just lost her job. And so I'll today try to connect her to people so she can get a job because our donors own businesses. And I'm like, look, she's a receptionist. If anybody knows a receptionist in the East and Allentown area, this woman needs a job. She's got real issues. It's real things. And, and we want her to be okay. Yeah. And you know, we get, we'll get tickets from the sports teams or we'll get tickets to the play or a concert and, or we'll just send a family to dinner because a nice restaurant will say, Hey, we're light tonight. Do you have anybody that needs, and we, we may not, it won't be full freight, but we'll pay something. So well, whatever think, we can do. I think that's, what's almost magical about what you're offering because it's not just the, here's the, the safety net piece, which is awesome, but you're also adding in the, like, go have some fun, go live and right. and take a few minutes and forget that you're having this experience that's, that's not good and, and, yeah. you know, really challenging. Yeah. We, we, we try to look at the family as the whole. I know in my experience, when Nicole was ill, she was so upbeat. We had, we were always trying to be upbeat, but some days that stuff just sits on you and it's really hard mm-hmm. and it's hard for, it's easy to fall into that. Let's just sit here. You'll be sick. I'll be depressed. We'll just hang out. We'll, you know, and that yes. that's easy to do. So we want people like we do a sea aisle 5k on June 29th down in Seattle city, New Jersey. And it's a great time. And then there afterward, there's an after party and there's a band and we're having tons of love. And, and, and then there's going to be sponsors there selling stuff and, there's going to be raffles and the family's going to speak and it's a whole day. And we want you to have a whole day and then go to the beach or whatever you need to do. But you know, we want our families, our families, we just had our, what was that? Their 18th annual great guy dinner or 17th annual, wow. great, 18th annual great guy dinner. And we probably had 10 families there, 15 families there that we don't charge. Right. Because they're part of us. Right. You know, and um, I think, you know, back to your question is how did this become a thing? a real thing. Timmy and I are amazed every day. Like if you knew us in college, the fact that we did anything original that's lasted is shocking to both of us. (laughs) And, and I don't mean to be self-deprecating, but really candidly, you know, we, we didn't start out. And I think, you know, one of the lessons that I've learned in my life and especially through this, if you do something solely for the benefit of others, Mm -hmm without any expectation of what's coming back to you, good things work out for you. Absolutely. Like I, I am now in the greatest job I've ever had with the greatest team I've ever worked with doing the best work I've ever done, having the most fun I've ever had. Now I'm not making the money I made. That's just part of the deal, but that's okay. You know, and you know, we get to like, I was just had a conversation with one of my employees who's, who had a little bit of a moment and I'm like, don't worry about it. I cry every day. Like, right. I see what we do every day and it makes me emotionally gets me going. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the one thing that I, I've tried to impart to my kids. Like, don't worry about the money. And it's easy to say that in my fifties, right? Right. Being very wise and looking back, but you know, don't make a decision about money, make a decision about what you like, what your passion is, what you're good at, where you're comfortable, where you're having fun. And then figure the money thing out. Yeah. Well, and that's what I share with my clients because I think if you focus on the money too much, it almost creates like a stress. Yeah. Because it's never enough. Yeah. And you can't, 
you can't go and create or do or make the magic in the place that you're supposed to. Right. And, and, you know, when you're, when you, when you go in without an agenda, mm-hmm. you're open to what starts to happen. Yeah. And like any business, you know, my being in, I've always been in corporate sales. So Scott paper company, shared medical systems, right. really great companies, big companies, small companies. <clears throat> and when you're driven by the money, you'll make the money but a lot of junk comes with it. And some of it's necessary, but like any business, you know, we lost a large donor this year mm-hmm. and we had a philosophical difference. They're great people. They went their way. We went our way. It's all good. It's a big number. Right. And you know, we were, we were thinking about, well, how are we going to find it? And we found it because we were working hard. We didn't get caught up in the drama of it internally. And we just, all you can do is be who you are. Okay. And if people connect with us, like I, I, I mean, I mean, if, when I, when I reach out to donors, donors will come up to me and say, you know, let's talk. So I go ahead and they'll say, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I want all your money. And they kind of look at me and I'm like, oh, I know that's not reasonable, but that's what I want. Right. And because there's, there's no other organization I believe out there that does what we do the way we do it in the impactful way and time period that we do it. Right. Nor is there a greater need out there than the one we try to fill for families. Now, is that factual? It's my factual. And I believe it and I'm passionate about it. But I tell people all the time, you don't have to, you don't have to give us anything. If we connect with you and you want to help, there's a lot of ways to help. We have donors that uh, are technology experts that give us their expertise and save us like 20 grand a year. Right. Because they do it for free. Right. We have volunteers that answer the phone which is tremendous. We have people that give us money that connect us to businesses. We have a school program where kids at school can do projects for us, fundraising projects, whatever. Yeah, we can do all this stuff. So I tell people all the time, if you connect with us, it's our job to figure out how to make it worth Mm -hmm. your while and impactful. guess what? If you don't connect with us, it's okay. There's other great charities. We can have a nice lunch and maybe I can refer you to a charity that fits what you're looking for. I'm not going to flip the table and hold my breath and stomp away, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it doesn't. But you know, my job is to bring value to the donor and right. ultimately to take care of that family. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I love my job. Yeah. Well, and it shows, I mean, it, Oh, that's good. You know, it really, really shows in your dedication and everything. We had talked to you, like you could have stopped at the great guy dinner, right? And, right. and a lot of people would. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have even, you know, started doing that. What was it for you that that kind of kept going and really creating this into a business and and an entrepreneurial uh, journey, even though it's a nonprofit? Because you could have stayed in corporate sales. Yeah, I think it was the need that was out there that I didn't even know about, and. I remember when we, at the time, there were four of us in the company. There was Timmy and I and then two other folks. that, And we would meet like at a Panera or a Cozy and say, okay, we had a great, great guy dinner. Okay, let's start planning. What's next? What's next? And then I'm like, you know, there's a lot of need out there. Maybe we should look at this. Like we, we kind of brought it up one day. Maybe we should be a business. So then we became a business kind of just because. <laughs> Really, I, I'd love to tell you that we had, we've, we've since done, we're on our fourth strategic plan. So we do do that. We have a professional facilitator. We have professional leadership coaching. 
It's very important. And I'm a big proponent of strategic planning that is done the right way with being active strategic planning. Like, you know, every month and quarter, we sit down and we check where we are. We track and measure what we try to track and measure. We let some things go. We bring some new things on. It's written in pencil so we can make changes. But really, we just started it because like, why not? And I, we hired our first employee. I just talked to her yesterday. She's no longer with us. She's a stay-at-home mom now. I just talked to her the other day. We hired our first employee. She was a receptionist at a PR firm. Mm-hmm. She came out of Shanna Penn State. And her mom was one of our families we helped. And she came in and I was like beside myself because I think we were paying her 20-some thousand dollars a year. And I could not have fathomed paying anybody because I was running it kind of while I was working it for no pay because I had a job. And then she said, well, we have this friend of mine who's a great intern. So she came now and she's Amy. Amy's been here for nine years, eight years. She's our first intern. And then we started getting a lot done with employees. Like I wish I wouldn't have waited so long to hire somebody. And then, you know, we went from like, like I said, like 125 grand to like 300 grand and then we went from like 300 to 500 and then and, and now we're we're on the cusp of next year we hopefully if we continue to grow the way i want to we're going to help a thousand families next year alone in, in 2020 that's amazing and, and it, it is and, and it just keeps growing and you know right now we're in the place where i call it's like a tweener we're like we're like a 12 year old you know <laughs> we're too old to do certain things but we're too young to do any like some of the other things so you know, I, I want to get to be about $5 million. I want to double in about another four years. Okay. So that's kind of the goal at the high level. And, and I think that once we started seeing the impact on the families we helped and we started connecting those families to the donors mm-hmm. and seeing that, your word, magic, seeing that, that connection and that energy and that joy and that when you, when somebody who, you, who doesn't know you cares about you, it gives you true hope. Right. And, and I get to see that every day. And I love it. Like I get chills right now and I'm very humbled by it because I'm not really that good a guy. And, you know, I'm not the, I'm the dumbest guy in this company, which is by design. I don't want to be the smartest guy here. I, I, I hire smart people. My people are great. And that they're, they're, my next question. And you said you have a great, how team. did I get so dumb? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. And I, I would argue differently. Uh, and <laughs> you're very nice. And you know, what is it about your team that makes them outstanding outside of them being smarter than you supposedly? So when you come to work here, we try to operate under certain pillars that hold us up. The first one is integrity. Okay. My team has beautiful integrity, beautiful integrity. Everything from like p- picking up a piece of trash in a hallway that nobody's seen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and doing what they say they're going to do and following up. Like I, I was on vacation down the Outer Banks with friends. Our whole family was there and her family was there. And every morning my, I got remarried to a wonderful woman who's a widow too. So we've combined our families when we went from each having two kids and a dog, four kids and two dogs. And so my wife and I would get up early, do a workout, do a walk, get a coffee, come back to the house. And my buddy and his wife would be up every morning. They both run businesses and they're on their computer and they look stressed. And 
we're sitting there talking to him. They go, she, and the, my buddy's wife goes, you don't look stressed at all. I'm like, no, I'm good. They're like, well, but you're away from work. I'm like, yeah, but my team's fine. I'll call them once this week, twice. They know how to get a hold of me. I trust them. I don't worry about anything. I mean, I worry about stuff, but they, they're great people. They, they know that this is, we were talking earlier, this is the, the amount of human element in our business mm-hmm. versus maybe a manufacturing. Everybody has some type of humanity in their business, but the way that we work, run, drive our business, reach our goals or don't reach our goals directly impacts people in need. Right. That's a lot of pressure, but it's also a great motivator. And my team takes that truly. And, and, and one, of our, one of our tenants, one of our pillars is fun. Mm-hmm. You can't show up at work here and be a jerk. We're going to have fun every day. And maybe not cartwheel in the hallway fun, but I want to laugh with my team. You know, you spend... I say, this is why we're aligned is because fun is like one of my core values. Integrity. Why would you want to work anywhere? And I have worked in places that weren't fun. Everybody has, right? That's right. why you decide I want to have fun. And, but I want to enjoy the people I work with. I'm going to spend probably 50 to 70 hours a week with them. I want to enjoy coming to work. Bring your dog to work. Bring your kid to work. I don't care. You know, just don't bring a lot of donuts because I'll eat them all. But... <laughs> But, you know, integrity, fun, creativity, uh-huh. don't, I think one of the things for us is we hire people, we tell them, we hire you, become part of our family, truly part of the family. And I trust you and I will trust you until I cannot trust you anymore. And then you have to leave. Right. doesn't mean you're good or bad. It just means I have to trust you. So if you come into me with an idea for fundraising or helping families, go do it, but do it in a smart way. What's the right. cost going to be? What's the, right. what's the, what's the, what's the end result? If it goes great, what's the end result? If it doesn't go great, give me scenarios. So in a perfect world, we're going to spend a thousand bucks and make a million. Hey, go do that. As long as it's not illegal, immoral or unethical, I'm good. Right. You know, if you want to go do cartwheels against cancer, this rocket is figure out how we do it. How can we make it a sponsorship? How can we bring a sponsor value? Let's do it. So, you know, I like, I want my team to be able to, have free reign. And I tell my team, the other part of our tenant is accountability. So I'm here to help and remove obstacles and coach and advise and jump in and do whatever you need me to do. That's my job. My job is to make everybody else here successful because then we're successful at the end and helping more families. Raising more money means helping more families. Your car can't go anywhere if it doesn't have gas. Our, we have a, we've built a nice car. We've built like a Ford F-150 now I'm trying to build a gas station. Got it. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. We're trying to do. And if my team doesn't come and tell me that I think everything's fine and I trust them and I tell them bad news needs to be told immediately and in person. Good news. You can tell me anytime, anyway. But if you have bad, it's like the Godfather. You know, when, when uh, the lawyer was before the horse head scene, he was yeah. having a discussion with the producer and the guy's yelling at him. He goes, Thank you very much for a nice meal. My boss wants to know bad news immediately. That's why I am. That's, it's not the end of the world. Nobody's dying on the table because we screwed up. Let's fix it. We can fix it. Just don't sit on it. Right. So it allows you to react more proactively. Yeah. Well, it allows you to talk. I always talk to them. I'm like, okay, what happened? Why did it happen? Not why did it happen? You suck. Yeah. But why did it happen? How do we not let it happen again? 
and I've made a lot of mistakes, like many, many mistakes. And I'm like, tell me why it happened. Tell me what you would have done differently. And moving forward, what do we need to do? Do we need to abandon this project because it's not working out? Do we need to tweak this project? Who do we need to bring in to help us with a different expertise or a different view? Yeah. The most important thing is how do we do something that helps more families? Right. So here, our three priorities are families first, donors and, and volunteers, and, you know, everybody who donates to us, time, treasure, talent, second, and us third. Okay. So if we have something that's going on, how's it helping family? How does it help our donors? How's it impact us? And if, it, if any of those are messed up, yeah. you're probably not going to do it. Right. You, you know, know what? I mean? That's, I think, a great like, way to evaluate everything that can, can potentially happen for a business. Right. In general. Well, you know the saying, stick to your knitting. Like, yeah. If you look at our business, we go out and we, and we work really hard. That should be one of our tenants, too. We just work hard. I mean, we're a $2 million company with six people. And I'm really proud of that. And I know there's other great companies with six people, but you know, I talk to nonprofits that are like $3 million and they have 25 people. And I'm right. like, dear God, if I had 25 people, I'd have world domination. You will have but will 25 people at some point. We will at some point, but you know, we can only work so hard. Right. And you got to be protective of yourself. And I'm getting to the age where, you know, the better I stay in shape, the better I eat, the more sleep I get, the better my energy and I'm better to do more. Mm-hmm. And I'm out a couple nights a week at, at events yeah. and I'm up early and I love it. I, I run on adrenaline. I love, I love it. I run all day. And what I want people to feel is that energy from what we do. And I want them to be a part of it. Uh-huh. And not a, I'm not a, I mean, I'm CEO by title, but I do like 20 different things. I have a focus, but you know, like the other day, so here's another example. We don't have a cleaning service. Okay. We're a small organization. That's we don't have cleaning service yet. So right now everybody takes a week. You got to run the vacuum, wipe down the bathroom, wipe down the kitchen, take out the trash. So it's my week, right? right? right. So taking the trash out the other day, on the phone with a donor, like this while I'm taking the trash out, <laughs> and it's not an, it's not, and I'm very excited about it. And then, you know, the other thing is we just had a big event. So I'll have to take the stuff from the big event over to the storage facility. Right. And we, we have to do it all. Right. And we, we can start assigning things out. And part of the scaling of the business is making sure people are doing what's most valuable. But the other side of it is we just got to do stuff, you know, and, and, and my team doesn't wait around for someone to tell them to do stuff. I don't want to babysit. Right. I raise my kids. I don't need to raise anybody else's kids. I want people that are going to look at something and say, Hey, I saw this. Why are we doing this? How can I help? What do you want? What do you need? Right. You know, that's I, that's, I think that's really, I mean, really the key to having the strong team is that you're all pitching in and working together and it's not, everybody does their job. Everybody does the kind of the grunt work and the things that nobody wants to do. And, and you're, you've got a great flow there, which is, really Oh, it's great people because you've got to hire the right people. Yeah. You know, we've tried to build a culture here of, integrity, fun, accountability, creativity. And we hire to that culture. We don't hire to a job. Right. And that was a lesson I learned the hard way. That's so awesome. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, I've read a lot on it and, you know, I've heard, I just talked to a a supporter who's helping us and he goes, you know, culture is a million things done, million little things done every day. Mm -hmm. And for 
we've hired, we've always hired good people, but the people that fit and stay and stick and thrive Mm -hmm. fit our culture. Who's the bring value, jump in. We'll figure it out later. Let's get into it. What do we need to do? You know, and part of that is you're tired because it never ends. If you're running a business, it never ends. I mean, never, (laughs) but, but that's a good problem to have because it never ends in a positive. How do we grow better, faster, more efficiently the right way? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I always tell my team, there's 50,000 things to do. They're all important. Let's break them down three at a time. Let's just figure it out. What what are our top three today? I love it. This has been so amazing. Are we done already? We are. We, oh my God. Let's have part no, two. We could talk all day, right? All day, every day. I love this. You're great. <laughs> Your came down and had a coffee. There's a lot going on. I well, like it. I, I'm going to have to have you back on the show again. Definitely. Anytime. My pleasure. Definitely. Anytime. You have a really cool hashtag on your business card that I saved. Um, so I've actually held on to it for a couple of months. And it okay. says unexpected amazingness, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. We trademarked that too. Good. That actually came about, we did a survey of, I think, the first 300 families we helped. Uh-huh. And we asked them, to, what are the top words that describe what we do? And the two top words that came out were unexpected and amazing. And our former marketing person, Lauren Rubenstein, coined unexpected amazingness. Beautiful. So that's what we do every day. That's what I want to leave everybody who's listening with, is that unexpected amazingness can happen. It really can. You just got to be open to it and work your rear end off. And they can learn more about us at our website, which is bringinghopehome.org. Awesome. Any way, other way they should connect with you or is the website the best way? Well, they can bringinghopehome.org. We're on Twitter at BHH Nation, BHH Philly. We're on Twitter, Instagram. We're on everything. Okay. I'm not on everything, but we're on everything. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Emmy. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you and have you back anytime. I would love it. Yeah, awesome. Great. And All right, bye. Listening, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated, like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com.